You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, an American comedian, reads a story to his friend... Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Why? What just happened? Why are you promo- all of a sudden you're promoting yourself as an American comedian? It's Trump's, Trump's world, baby. That doesn't even match I'm up. an American! Yeah, but... If you don't say you're an American, you can go to jail. Is that true? I read it in a thing. Well, listen, real news is an issue today. We need to get all the real news out of there. What's happening here? That, what do you mean? That's a, uh, that's uh, this taco, this great taco place in uh, La Jolla that uh, they have like poker chips with their Don Carlos tacos. And they have these little poker chips with, uh, what are the, what do the poker info. chips do? He just has a bunch of like promotional stuff that he just like you go like when you go in there if you're at like the La Jolla Comedy Store and you go in there, uh, he just hooks you up. <laughs> and, with the uh, yeah, with like he, I mean, honestly, he's just like he genuinely like to comics. He's like, you guys eat for free, just like send out a tweet about my place. Oh, so this, you can you can for free. This gives you an order or something. No, I think it's just just a, just a poker chip. Yeah, I think it's, it's a po- just, I think it's, it's a, just it's a taco store poker chip. It's just classic taco shop swag. This is how this is what put Taco Bell on the map. God, do you want a little hit of dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny. Not Gary Guerra. Is Dave okay? Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the tickling podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Um, September 1956. Okay. It started, hasn't it? Coronado, California. All right. A woman was attacked as she walked on a street and one of her shoes was stolen. (laughs) Okay. No one really made note of it. Just a strange thing that happened at night. But the attacks continued. No one in the press put it together until four months later. Uh, they hired a gumshoe. In February 1957. Okay. What is it? Why do they call him a gumshoe? No idea. Oh, God, no. Now I'm going to get a ton of tweets. Hey, stupid. The first story of the shoe bandit was printed. Whoa. Quote, whoa. What? Whoa. What? The shoe bandit. Quote, an eccentric young thug who attacks women to steal their shoes found a fifth victim when 24-year-old aircraft clerk typist uh, was slugged in Claremont. He's hitting them and then taking their shoes? Yeah, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not a gentle shoe bandit. So he's, he is beating them up and then taking one shoe? Well, he, he, just, he just hit her, knocked her down, and then took her shoe. Yeah, it's one shoe. Just one shoe? Just took one shoe. Well, Usually, I guess he's not the shoes bandit, so... Th- there you go. That makes sense. There you go. Okay. A little too encouraging, <laughs> especially from you. Uh, the woman was walking home from uh, the bus stop after leaving work one evening, and a man came up behind her, knocked her to the ground, and took one of her shoes. He did not attempt to take her purse or anything else of value, just right. her shoe. Okay. The attacks kept coming. Okay. By September of 1957, there oh. were at least 12 cases of shoe bandit attacks. Wow. Okay. And they weren't always spread out. On two nights, he attacked separate women in what was basically a one-man shoe-snatching frenzy. So most nights, he only took one. But on these two different nights, he had... He, he took, got greedy. He got greedy. He's getting he, cocky. 
He got one shoe. He's like, I got to go for more. Right. Yeah. And he and he took another. Okay. Newspaper columnists started writing about the bandit because everyone in town was talking about him. Okay. One was titled Shoe Bandit Talk. Uh, uh, it told the story of a man who was giving his wife shit for, quote, living recklessly by wearing a new pair of shoes after dark on their 10th wedding anniversary. Wow. <laughs> now, okay, is that is that just like an after-school special version, or that is real? That's a guy really did that. And, and then did her shoe get taken? No, but uh, the husband was like, you're making us marks! Quit, yeah, yeah, quit showing off! Good God, lady! I love you, but this is too much! I can't. I get that it's our tent. And it's a special night. Look, but I don't want to see you laying on the ground with one shoe on, baby. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. You make me sick. You're taking chances. The idea that you just got to walk, she has to like walk home barefoot, like, well, okay, I'll be safe. <laughs> oh, damn what, it. What a fucking asshole. I'm bet. I mean, I'm betting there was not a lot of sex that night. Uh, the night of the shoe argument? Yeah. Yeah, there's no sex. Yeah. Although it is the 50s, so, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, so shoe fear was kicking in. Even men were getting... Shoe fear? But he's only attacking women. Yeah, but the men were getting afraid... For their wives. For their wives right. or their daughters or right. whatever. Okay. Uh, the cities of San Diego and Coronado were on edge. Entire families were targets. One mother of one of the very first victims was attacked, and her shoe was also taken. It's just... Might be a genetic thing. It might be a genetic thing. He might like the way they walked. Yeah. Uh, or he's just crazy and is like, I'm going to make your family really, really weird. I'm going after your whole goddamn family. I'm going to get a shoe from each one of your ladies. How cold is your left foot? I'm working my way through the whole Thompson family. Jack Murphy, who was a popular local sports columnist, so popular the local baseball uh, stadium would be named after him. Okay. Wrote in September 1957 in a column, he wrote, Gals in San Diego wonder if they should go barefoot until the shoe bandit is caught. Wow. That is what you do, though. That's what Ice him out. Yeah. Ice a fucking take away his power. Yeah. Take away his power. Yeah. Or sandals. Or sandals. Flip-flops. Oh, he might like flip-flops. Yeah. He might like anything. Yeah, anything that's off a foot. Now, okay, uh, this has to be based around some sort of sexual perversion, though. Oh, of course. Obviously. I mean, he's taking these shoes home, putting them in a pile, and then fucking them. Well, that's what I would do. David? I mean, that's what I do anyway. Sorry? This is why I am part of the Shoe uh, Month uh, Club. The Shoe Month Club? Yep, they send me piles of shoes that I fuck, and then I pick one that I like, and I send the rest back. Um, Shoe Club. Sir, the idea is that you just pick one of the pairs of shoes. That's not what I... Thought what I made the order at first. Look, lady, this email isn't going to get the jizz out of your shoes. You did not explicitly say I could not fuck the shoes when you sent me the shoes. Dear Shoe Month Club. Bad things are happening. Signed, Dave. <laughs> we got a very weird letter. <laughs> uh, the shoe bandit attacked women when they were walking home at night from the bus or the ferry. He'd knock them to the ground and steal one shoe. It was usually the left shoe. Weird there, too. Yep. But he had other methods. He would also sneak into homes and take leather pumps, silhouettes, and sandals. Hundreds of shoes. And often, he'd toss them out in crawl spaces below other homes. Now, wow, that makes me that's think... that's real weird. Okay, so that makes me think... He, gra- he goes into a house, right? 
He grabs a nice pump, something leather, something maybe a little bit spicy. What? And then he runs out of the house. And then he finds the nearest dark place. You think he goes and shoe fucks right away? I think he shoe fucks right away. Wow. I think he's jerking off. and then That was making me the- think maybe he's not being intimate with the shoes. I don't know if he's fucking the shoe, but I, he's I think he's... basically, uh, long story short, the shoe is used in a perverted way. The shoe's used in a perverted way, and I think he's... he's smelling it. He's getting himself he's off. screwing it. He's putting he's the heel it. in his butt and running around like it's a little tail. And then well, he he jerks off and he and then he and he puts the shoe down and goes, "You're a whore," and he runs you know, away yeah, from the shoe. Yeah, that's the thing too. Just like you know, like the idea that you you're leading the shoes on, right? Taking the shoe, whining and dining it in an alley with your penis. That's, Next thing you know, it's okay. thrown out like yesterday's pump. Mm, We've weird, all been there. That's story. basically the Hollywood story I've lived. I'm right. the pump. Not me. And the shoe bandit is everyone who wants me for work. Disagree. Okay. Uh, women, uh, uh, while most victims just had a bump or a bruise, some women were seriously injured. Uh, women were hospitalized with fractured skulls or broken bones. So he's really ramming these. Yes. He's knocking them down. He's not fucking around. He wants that shoe. Right. One woman was actually struck from behind with a bowling pin. Whoa. Before the shoe was removed. What? That seems like a, he's extreme. He can be extremely violent. This, that seems like a. Uh, a uh, crime of opportunity, the bowling pin. Also, it definitely is like, it's not surprising to find out that this shoe bandit is probably a pretty avid bowler. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There's no way he didn't spend tons of times in bowling alleys. Yeah, where the guy's like, hey, uh, are you returning those shoes? Yeah, let me just uh, go to the locker room real, real quick. I want to put on my striking glove. <laughs> Sir, are you going to order? You're just going to stand at the counter. I'm standing at the counter. Uh, oh. So wait, the shoes that you're trading in for new shoes are also bowling shoes? Oh, God. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. I. Okay. Um, get out. <laughs> bowling. Now. But I'm bowling. Get out now. Hey, can I ask you a question? No. What's going on with that pump? I said no. Sir. Get out now. Here's a 10. This is $10. It's all yours. You just tell me the story about that pump. There's no story. It's just a sh- Get out of here. Does that pump look at you weird? Does it say anything? No. Does that pump... Uh... Maybe have an Look, accent. take the shoe. Go bang the shoe. Get out, have... get, go bang these shoes. Hi, Louisa. Whoa. Louisa. Yeah. All right. Um, that went weird. Another woman uh, was hit with the butt end of a screwdriver. Eh, that's that's not as bad as a bowling. Nope. You got to get. I should have gone screwdriver first and then bowling. Absolutely. Uh, Helen Battleson was a Coronado teenager at the time of the attacks. Quote: It was creepy. All the women in town were scared. Men weren't too thrilled about it either. Bill Guise was just a teenager when the shoe bandit entered his Coronado home at 1 a.m. Okay. His mom woke up and screamed at the man who was holding shoes in her closet. Wow. I would scream at that person too. This is so crazy. I don't, there's something about someone being in your closet that's more fucked up than them being in your room. Shoes. The shoe bandit dropped the shoes and dashed out of the house. Up until now, Coronado was a place of little crime, so no one was locking their doors. Well, it's, yeah. This enabled the shoe bandit to easily enter homes in the dead of the night while the occupants slept. And take shoes. 
The stories that appeared uh, were small at first, just little two or three paragraph items somewhere in the middle of the paper, almost filler. But soon the shoe bandit stories started hitting the front page and the entire town was saying, what the fuck? (laughs) The community's alarm increased. Teasers of evening news broadcasts would ask, what makes the shoe bandit tick? Find out at 10. (laughs) Well, I think he likes shoes. An interview with his ex-wife. I loved him. I loved him. But I... I love shoes, too. Whenever an attack happened, the news would break into a program on TV and say, The left shoe bandit has struck again. Wow, yeah, this is really like media catnip. Children watching TV were becoming concerned because the adults seemed so worried, quote, really upset, terrified. And when they asked the grown-ups what was going on, the grown-ups would just change the subject. Um... How's do you like crayons? I want to know about the shoe bandit. Have you ever drank water, Tim? I forget. Yeah, but okay, okay. Well, that's the end of talking. Why were you crying, looking at shoes? Oh, I wasn't crying. No, 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 no. I was sweating. Why did? Okay. Yeah. Remember dinosaurs? Uh, Look at that nickel. What? Scissors. New car. I'm Sunlight. I'm running. Hi. People started buying dogs and guns. Sure. Well, smart. This led to the death of an ocean beach boy. His father bought a gun to protect the family from the shoe bandit, but soon enough, the four-year-old found the gun in a box by the bed and accidentally shot himself in the chest. Well, I mean, obviously, gonna, the, there's no onus on the father there. He put it in a box. I mean, he put it in a great place, a box by the bed. They, oh, two things they say. Number one, keep, keep your gun in a box. Yep. And number two, keep it in the bed so yep. you can wake up groggy and shoot a friend. Yep. Cops started getting heat for not catching the madman. So they started sending undercover officers onto buses and the Coronado Ferry. Okay. That didn't go great either, because a new passenger no one had seen before, keeping an eye on everyone, roused suspicion. Wait, a new pass Like, they were so... They, the well, bus was full of so huge, many consistent people. It's not a huge town, yeah. so when you ride the ferry at the same time every day, you see the same people. Right. But all of a sudden, there's a guy like looking intently in, you know, they uh, on two separate occasions. They are going to eventually send out decoy shoe models, right? I would. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think there are any female cops at this point. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, it's the 50s. I, yeah, There's true. campy. No way. Uh, on two separate uh, nights, vigilantes beat up an undercover cop they thought was the bandit. Oh, God. <laughs> they keep saying he's the cop. Worst cover ever. Curb him. Because the other thing they're doing is they're following women in case the shoe bandit is going to attack the women. The cops are. Yeah. So then when people see that they're following women, they're yeah. like, shoe bandit. Yeah. Twice the cops announced they had a suspect that they had brought in for questioning. The newspapers then ran photos of the suspects along with their home addresses, which, which you did at the time. Amazing. That was, you also did that with the victims because everyone was insane back then. Terrible. But remember that I don't know when it stopped. There was one, yeah. There was in the fifties. Rep- they were still doing it, right? Yeah, we talked about this on another one. Both suspects uh, were cleared in lineups, and even but imagine that, like your name is out there as the fucking shoe oh yeah, band. your address is out there shoe yeah. band, and then they're like, "That's not him," and you're like, "Ah, you fucked me though." Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and even the undercover cops just had plain bad luck. It seems like every time a cop trailed a woman home, she would get there with no problems. One time, an officer had to choose between one of two women. The one he decided to follow got home. The other one was attacked by the shoe bandit. Hmm. How is he, pardon the pun, one step ahead? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> then on May 8th, 1958, over a year and a half since the shoe nightmare began. Shoe nightmare. A woman was watching TV with her, a boyfriend in her Coronado house. The boyfriend was a Navy officer. They noticed that a just barely opened door suddenly opened wider. Hmm. Then they looked over the back of the couch they were sitting on and saw a man crawling on the floor. Oh, my God. He's really desperate. Yeah. I, mean, he needed to, he, I need uh, a fix. <laughs> One more fucking hit. I haven't smelled a shoe in like eight hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck me. What's that, leather? Uh, 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 your pump. Oh, God, lady, you don't wash your feet. It's uh, tremendous. Oh, just let me let me suck the heel for a dollar. Oh, oh, what you're doing uh, is tremendous. Uh, I'm just going to lick the bottom a little bit. No, oh, that's yummy. When they saw him. Oh, I feel so good. <laughs> uh, uh, whew. Can you leave? Well, anyway, uh, I got to get up early. Okay. So uh, That was terrible. Good to... F- have sex with your shoe. I just got an early morning. Okay, let's not do this again. We should do this again sometime, though. I'd love to... I'd love to not. Take the shoe out for a meal, maybe a movie. I don't want to be... It's just the next couple weeks are pretty booked for me, but... uh, I'm going to cut off my feet. mm, Well, uh, if you do, uh, let me know. I know a perfect place to put them. (sighs) My tub. So, when they see the guy, he jumps up and runs from the house... And the Navy boyfriend chases him and catches up to him. And then they had a fist fight in the street. Okay. Hearing the fight, other neighbors called the police. And when the cops arrived, the fight was over. So they started searching and found the shoe bandit hiding behind a lawn chair in a backyard. And they arrested him. I love that he's behind a lawn chair. It's terrific. No one will see me here. I thought I was a chameleon. His name was Wayne Snow McFarland. <laughs> All right. He was 23. Wow. A Navy pilot. Okay. Uh, who had been uh, raised in Houston and was now stationed at North Island. Houston. When... Go ahead. Well done. Thank you. When questioned, he denied being the shoe bandit. I'm not the shoe bandit. Nope. But not me. I uh, love gloves. No, he was just a guy crawling on the floor in somebody's house. Okay. I mean, that's a hard thing to... That's his... That's his... No, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. he's like, I'm not the shoe bandit. I was just crawling in somebody's house. I just like to watch movies when people are watching movies. Uh, they got a warrant to search his Coronado apartment and found several women's shoes in a trunk. Oh. <laughs> they brought the shoes to the police station and confronted McFarlane with them. I'm hoping I, I he breaks down. I assume that was going to be hard to explain, yeah. so he confessed. All right. I did it. I done it. Don't touch my baby. I'll tell you where the other ones are buried, too. <laughs> uh, at that point, he led the cops to a few nearby stashes of women's shoes. That he he did have stashes. So now he's thinking the more. Here's another one. It's like, then this one. And then, oh, boy. Yep, stop here. Okay, drive another block. Stop here. Over here, the shoes were struggling. Oh, that so was a I... naughty one. Had sex with him one last time before I buried him near the ravine. It's a naughty shoe. Uh, he admitted to 22 assaults and 15 burglaries, but the police thought that number was very, very low. When questioned by the pre- press, McFarland said, All I know is I had to get those shoes. <laughs> well, we have a lot. Of, that's the one thing we know. That's all I know. That's all we know. That's all I had going on. What's the rest of your deal? Gotta get the shoes. What did your mom do to you with Gotta shoes? Gotta get the shoes. That's all I know. 
Okay. This is a terrible press conference. McFarland's father, Morris, was a furniture store owner, and he had money. So he hired a cocky Texas defense lawyer named Percy Foreman. Sure. Foreman was a former prosecutor who was six foot four and weighed 250 pounds. He also carried around a newspaper clipping that described him as, quote, a millionaire who practices law as a hobby. Well, you know it's true if you're carrying around, like, a decoupage <laughs> newspaper clip to show off. You know, before we talk, why don't you read my press uh, clip? Okay. What is this? <laughs> Just read the laminated, uh, read read the laminated me. article. I'll be right here looking at you. Now, does this behavior make you believe I am a millionaire, yeah. as it should? One reporter asked him about reports claiming he was the greatest lawyer since Clarence Darrow, and Foreman replied, quote, I wouldn't say it, son, but when accused of it, I don't deny it. Oh, boy. I'm a this fucking guy. asshole. This guy. This guy. Foreman immediately made the case that the issue wasn't McFarland's guilt, but his mental state. Okay. Quote, the human mind is a wonderful mechanism, but it only takes uh, a little thing to set it off balance. The shoe bandit pled not guilty by reason of insanity. Sure. Okay. At the pre preliminary hearing, eight women ID'd him as the bandit. One witness said his eyes were, quote, staring and full of violence. Well, I get that. Yeah, I mean, if he's sure, maybe that must have been the bowling pin lady. I put, when I was dating, I would put that on my. Uh, you should do what I do: just carry around a newspaper article about right. yourself that's laminated. That's a good idea. That says you're a millionaire. McFarland was then sent to. Uh, that's not right. Patton State Hospital near San Bernardino for so wait, mental evaluation. Oh, okay. I didn't know that Patton uh, Oswald had a state hospital. Oh yeah, no, he did. But that was did. before he got yeah before he got into stand up. He ran a mental institution. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, very well too. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so he's examined, and the doctor diagnosed him as a sexual psychopath with a shoe fetish. All right, we've heard it before. But look, if you're gonna be a sexual psychopath, a fucking shoe fetish is good for everybody. You ever there's this documentary called I Married yeah I like I Married the Eiffel Tower or something like uh, that yeah about the love of uh, inanimate objects yeah you know sometimes sometimes that bond is real. <laughs> you ever seen one about guys who love cars and actually fuck cars? The, in that documentary, there is a guy who like goes to car shows and like you know has sex with cars. Yeah, and it's the weirdest because they're filming him and he's like yeah. asking a guy about the car. He's like, this is a beautiful model. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh yeah, thinking he's trying to sell it, not knowing that like 20 minutes later he's gonna be like, hey, uh, why's the fuel tank open? Oh my god. And yeah, that's the thing. If you want to know where people fuck cars, they do it uh, between the seats um, and they can fuck the tailpipe. They'll put something in there and fuck it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's uh, a little bit of knowledge you didn't need. Yes, that is actually the next evolution in our signing policy. <laughs> <laughs> we fuck cars. Yeah. If we could make, here's something I want to ask. If we could make a decal of our signatures oh, yeah. to put on cars, would you want that? Yeah. Tell us. Um, so the doctor noted that the uh, shoe fetish went back as far as elementary school when he stole a pair of shoes from a teacher. Okay. But the doctor also said McFarlane was sane during his shoe stealing spree and that he knew the difference between right and wrong. So that fucks up the. Yeah, that, fuck, that messes up the entire defense. Back in San Diego, he, pl he pled guilty to one count of robbery and one count of burglary. Each carried a sentence of five years to life. But instead of being sent to prison, he was sent to a Tascadero State Hospital, which is a mental hospital for violent people. Okay. Six months after he was caught, a plumber was working below the floor of the officer's uh, quarters on North Island, where McFarland had been living. Oh, boy. 
There he found two bags packed with 133 women's shoes. Ah. Uh. And there was more. Women's underwear and clothing were also in the bag. And a 1955 novel called Beyond Desire oh, by boy. Pierre Lamour. <laughs> so he's just like reading like kind of pervy stories while he's like just massaging himself and like with like shoes and panties. Yeah. After you're at a Tascadero State Hospital, the doctor Like, you thought getting walked in on jerking off was awkward. Ugh, it can get so much more Like, awkward. if you're rolling around in shoes with, like, a bra on your head with panties in your mouth, it's like, that's what it look like! <laughs> <laughs> Honey, for the last time, I'm opening a woman's clothing store. This is hazing! <laughs> this is hazing! I'm joining a frat for 50-year-olds! <laughs> Uh, so, uh, after a year at a Tascadero State Hospital, the doctors said they had successfully treated McFarlane and he was no longer a threat to the public. Foreman asked He the now court, only wants to jerk off into mittens. And socks. And hats. And shoes. And sho- shoes pants. Still, also pants, pants shoe, everything. We have him jerking off about wardrobes. Thank you. Entire, we've, we've fixed him. The man is cured. Now he's like me. He's just like us. Um, so then his, uh, attorney foreman asked the court that McFarlane be put on probation so he could get a job and pay back all his victims for their shoe costs. Oh God. You know, he wants to go into cobbling. Uh, oh, uh, but isn't that the thing to do? Isn't that what you should do? Shouldn't you go into cobbling and then people are bringing you shoes that you can fuck? No. Oh yeah. Sorry. My take was what's the right thing to do. Your, your pitch is if you're the psychotic pervert, wouldn't you just go? Yeah, for sure. I wonder if that was part of his parole when he got paroled. Yeah. You cannot go. You cannot become a cobbler. Gah! I'd like to work at an equestrian center. Eh? Horseshoes. Uh, the district attorney was not down with the plan. Quote: Don Keller objected. This man came to San Diego and gave unrestrained vent to violence and terror, for which I would challenge anyone to find a parallel in San Diego, California. The only parallel I can think of is Jack the Ripper. All right, so the DA was a little over the top. Yeah, honestly. I mean, relax a little bit. Yeah, also... Jack the Ripper. You know, with the Night Stalkers coming, so why don't you fucking dial it back a little bit? Everyone settle down. Judge Clarence Harden agreed with the DA, saying the community would be shocked if he allowed McFarland to roam the streets on probation. He sentenced McFarland to 10 years to life. Uh, he served his 10 years and eventually was released and moved back to Texas, where he died in 1999. Oh, wow. I wonder if they buried him with shoes. Yeah, hopefully. Would, that, I'm, that had to have been... I wish, yeah. I wish that if we could know that, because I, I guarantee you he wanted to be buried. Or like the reading of his will, too. To my dearest Debbie, I leave 300 left shoes <laughs> that I stole from women. And to my son, Jack, sorry, Daddy's not going to be here for you anymore. Hopefully this suitcase stuffed with used bras and panties will help raise you. Nice. Anyways, in my coffin, I'd like a bunch of sho- socks and shoes. Miss you. Miss you. Love you. Seriously, lots of shoes. I'm not kidding. Make it hard to close. Oh, make it hard. <laughs> All right. The shoe well, bandit. Everybody lost. Yes. Yep. Good night, Texas. Yeah, thank you. We screw cars. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, 
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 